Get ready. We're online. You're listening to the hottest internet station on the Culture Radio Network. Five, four, three, two, one. The DJ Chapman Show. We just get started. Welcome to the show. Special guest in the building, comedian Loose Cannon, with another Loose Cannon moment. I'm your host, TJ Chapman. What kind of tea you sipping on, Sam? AD, what are your thoughts? It's getting late, y'all. It's time for the chocolate letter. This is definitely for the grown and sexy. It's time for another refill, y'all. Don't go anywhere. So keep it locked. The best is yet to come. We got a pack house. We got two big swallows on the couch. Make sure you motherfuckers yep. ain't in, you know. We got the lights extra bright. Last time I was under a light this bright, I was scared to reach for my driver's license. I, I, we, man, look at here. That's everybody. Man, look, I'm, 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 just, glad I, I'm just glad I got uh, my co-host back yeah, again. I'm back again. And, um... The smile always lights up the room, and it ain't the it ain't the chicken lights that's making it bright. It's, that's, it's that smile. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely lights. It's hot as hell. Yeah, yeah the lights is hot too. And, uh, and and joining us in the funny seat once again, comedian Loose Cannon in the building. Like a tribe called Quest and a pimp named Slickbag and say the whole thing. <laughs> and no, uh, he, he's he's no uh, no stranger to the show, the myth, the legend, the icon. Get all the names, community advocate, leader. Russell Drake is in the building with us. My man, my man. And, and, and joining us for the first time on the couch, we've been trying to get him for a minute, but we finally got him. Uh, we have the Democratic um, primary who just won the primary. Okay, yeah. You know, who's moving on to the next round in November. Mm-hmm. Push with Bush. <laughs> Pernell Bush for Seminole County. Uh, Commissioner District 5 is in the building with us tonight. Welcome, sir. Welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited abso- to be here with you all. Uh, absolutely, man. We, 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 have, we have a great time on this show. Russell will tell you about it, man. We just get down with the get down, and we talk about real things, and we also have fun at the same time. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to get right into it, man, because there's a lot going on in the world today, and, and it's, and it's kind of like, where, where do you start? You know, where do you start when you have a president that is in office that's consistently promoting mm. division? Yeah. And and it's not like, you know, he, he's undermining it or, you know, kind of like trying to hide behind it. it. It's straight up. I'm tweeting about it. I mean, that's why I want, that's why I need my racism right in my face. And and then people say... I need I need it right in my face. Let me know straight, let me know from the jump what the deal is so that I can... You know, move accordingly. Yeah, and, and a lot of, and you know, the famous quote got is, I've done for more black folks than any other president. You know what? You're absolutely correct. You have. You actually showed your true colors and allowed everybody to show their tr- uh, true colors, and now we know who y'all is. So that's how I see it. But the, the main topic that we've been happening because, you know, we have this slogan now because it is a important election this year. Mm-hmm. It's countdown to change. Yes. And it started in the primaries. And there were some victorious winners in our primaries that will be moving on to the general election. Mm-hmm. 
and we have one of those candidates on the show tonight. Absolutely. And 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 I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to you know talk about what's next coming up in November. Uh, what we have to do as a people. What can we do as a community um, to make that change happen? And what can we do to support you and all the things that you want to do for the great community of Seminole County? Yes, yeah. exactly. And I'm, I'm excited about it. So we're gonna we're gonna get started. And the one thing that we want to talk about that's been continuously happening. You know, at one point it was police brutality. Mm -hmm. It's still police brutality. Mm -hmm. Now it's gone to a second level. Yeah. And that second level means I get they shoot them in the back as they're running away. Yeah. And and the justification behind it is, oh, he had a criminal record. Oh, he was doing this before. Oh, he was doing that before. So well, that don't mean they deserved I, it. It's that. like is that is that a is that a <laughs> sentence? Right. Is like, that a damn. sentence to death? No, not at all. And and that's what I'm trying to figure out. So uh, there's this narrative about police shooting, you know, if you comply, you won't get shot. So the question is, why is it that uh, seemingly the, the go-to response is uh, when it comes to police shooting of an unarmed black man is, if you comply, you won't get shot? Why is that? I'm going to start with you, Russ. Uh, I think it goes back to, you know, almost the slave narrative of where uh, police originated. Uh, where they started is bounty, bounty uh, hunters to find runaway slaves. So in, in that fashion, I think they, you know, then they matriculated even after uh, slavery was abolished. They said it wasn't abolished uh, if you were in prison. So, you know, then they shifted to try to put more mm -hmm. blacks in prison for various reasons. And mm -hmm. now, you know, people are woke, people are establishing themselves more, uh, more independence, and they're trying to put us in our place. So when you put somebody in their place, you do what you told for it. You do what you told, son, mm -hmm. girl, or whoever they want to, you know, point the finger at. And it's, um, you know, it's a crying shame that, if you said, uh, the 45th president has brought this out of the nation. There's been heat in some places. And, and I agree with you, Morgan. I like it up front, too. I'm like, bring bring what you got to bring. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, uh, everybody just wants, you know, fair treatment. You know, you, you want to be, every time you try to be free, they push you back further. Mm -hmm. You know, if you exercise your Second Amendment right, they'll I be handcuffing all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, but some other folks storm a state capitol, they applaud them. Mm. You know, guy shows up with the sawed-off shotgun, walks around, and they say he's a patriot. Yeah. Exactly. But if you got anything in your pocket that, like a brush, you know, it could have been a weapon. You need to check yourself. Because the fear is already what there. What am going to do to hurt you, give you waves? Because the fear has <laughs> already been planted. And I think, and that's what I'm going to, I'm going to call it what it is. It's fear. You're afraid of the black man. Not, not necessarily, um, you know, we have, we do have that narrative of, you know, you better obey and do what I tell you to do. But it, it's, it's, it's a fear. It's a fear of the black man. That's why the black man can't have a brush because that fear is there that this nigga gonna kill me. You know what I mean? Even if he's not. So we don't get that benefit of the doubt that you, that's not your intention. That's not, you know what I mean? Regardless of what your past may be, we don't target like that. We, that's not, that's, I don't think that's a black thing. Sorry to say, but you know, we don't just randomly go kill a motherfucker. Something happened. You know yep. what I mean? That's, that's not that's not a black person's thing, so I don't I don't understand it myself. But I think it's fear. I, I'm going to just say it's fear. In the words of Cat Williams, we're better than that. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so 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 Cannon, why, why do you think that is? Well, repeat the question one more time. 
weren't even paying, you weren't even paying attention. I was so, paying so attention. Why, so why is that the, the go-to response when, when it comes to these police shootings of unarmed black men TJ, I, not complying? I just don't. I my honest opinion is I just don't understand it. Well, I'm clueless. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm just I. I'm just as helpless and clueless as anyone else, you know. When it's when it's when it's black and you you got a cell phone in your arm, you know your hand, you you you're dangerous and and you're a thug and you know and if they shoot you, it's because of your criminal record and all of this stuff. But clearly, you know, a, a 17 year old can walk down the streets after yeah. shooting two people with an assault rifle. The, the victims of the riots and the looting that was absolutely, going on. absolutely. You know, yeah. Exactly. Yes. And, and, and we're we, and we definitely going to get into that because I want to actually play a video because, th- and again, it goes back to the narrative that Russell was talking about, painting that picture. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, it's like if you comply, you won't get shot. But did you, yeah, because yeah, so they hadn't been I, out past curfew. So it's like. I, I complied and, and got tased face down with my hands and see, out. And see, that and, that, and that's the point about what Morgan also <laughs> was saying is that they fear black people for whatever reason that's ingrained into their head. Because they know they got, they know they, they know. And, and so I just want to play this video real quick. All right, play the video. Everybody to see. (laughs) And you tell me why this person doesn't have seven shots in them. Go on to play the video, sir. All right, so we, we, uh, we got, we got it, we got it on the screen. Played it already. Oh, played already. Yeah. So, all right, so. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys just saw it, uh, and that just goes to show that when you don't comply, depending on the color of your skin, you still can walk away free. Stand trial and possibly get off because they're going to attempt to overcharge you to beat it. You know what I normally have seen when it comes to... Uh, mic too. Uh, oh, my bad. My apologies. I'm going to try to work this mic here. Um, <laughs> Pause. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so you know when I what I see is a better self-regulation, self-control. When I see um, uh, officers interact with those who are not as melanated, yeah, you know, so they are able to go through what we call escalation of force. Mm. So you know, me being a United States Marine, one thing that we was taught when we went to combat was escalation of force. Before I can do a kill shot, before anything of that nature, I had to ensure that I did. Other, uh, I had followed protocol mm. before it got to that Say level. Say it again. You know, so. What I have seen with the videos that you just played is that they did everything in their, in their power, probably within their protocol, what they have been taught to try to de-escalate before it gets down to a place where you have to do a kill shot. To where I see in our community, that gets missed a lot of times. And it could be that fear that we're speaking about. You know, I tell people all the time, man, I always assume people fear me mm-hmm. everywhere I go. Yeah. You know, I heard that my whole life. Hey, bro, you big. I'll shoot your way behind. I hear that everywhere I go. Sorry to assume, like, yo, they fear me. So if someone's fear you, what are they going to do? They're going to act on what we call animal instincts. Uh-huh. The very basic uh, reaction. Yeah. So it, it's not allowing you to go through the, the executive function of your mind to really go through the steps. Because now you just, I'm in survival mode. Uh-huh. And that's what I think a lot of, uh, of these uh, incidents that we see in our communities, how, they, how that take place. Uh-huh. Uh, is well, those who are skipping and going straight to animal instinct, just I got to survive, so I got to do what I got to do to get past this person. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's not justified. It's this, in that, this, uh, this, uh, this fear that we have, that they have this true belief of, mm-hmm. that these people are extremely dangerous. Yes. That if I allow this individual to get on, uh, uh, just, just a little slither of a power over me, mm-hmm. 
he can end up taking my life. Yeah, and they use it. You think about when you know the Karens call. They know if they say a black man, it's on the problem. If you think about it, if it's a white man, we get the word strange. There's a strange man outside before they even mention the race. But when it's us, that they lead with the race. It's a black man. That's alert. That's like danger, 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 danger. This person is dangerous. Let's get out here, even if it's just somebody trying to go home, somebody trying yeah. to swim at the community, yeah. at the pool, at their home where they pay rent. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's crazy because. No, it's definitely. And they, they talk about, you know, defunding of the police. And, and, and it's not defunding like, okay, we're going to take away everything from them. It's just stop allocating to departments that doesn't need to be allocated or needed for more training. Which brings me to my next question. Do you think there is a lack of training with some of these offers when they get involved in these shootings? You want to start with me? Anybody. <clears throat> oh, man, definitely. They're, they're, I mean, I think training is something that has to be continued with something that, um, you know, before, before I went to Iraq, we went to a place we call CATS in the, in the Marine Corps, and, and CATS is Combined Arms Training. And that, we went out, we flew out to California. It was very, it's in the desert. It's supposed to, and they had a city built up like Iraq. Mm. And they had a bunch of actors uh, playing as Iraqis. So it gave us an opportunity to be within that environment and, and see how we react within those environments. So we had to be there out there for two, two to three weeks of getting that additional training on top of all the training we did beforehand. So a lot of these officers that may come into these communities that they have probably never grew up in, probably never had true real interaction with, outside playing, probably playing sports with a, uh, uh, with a black guy here and there. Now it's like... I don't see these communities before on television. I don't see it in rap videos, and I know it's dangerous here. Mm -hmm. So, but if you go get this proper training, uh, maybe they have to, you know, model or get get a model town where they can actually interact in these communities to help to help them help them uh, decrease the level of alertness. Not alertness. Oh, that's a terrible word because you want to stay alert always to keep oh. your head on the swivel. But their level of, I guess, uh, negative or toxic stress. So they'd be able to regulate themselves well within any environment they put themselves in. Mm. And that's one thing that we were trying to learn as Marines. At the end of the day, in order for me to be the best Marine I can and to, to ensure that our mission get completed, I had to always be alert, always had to be uh, control of my actions and my reactions. Right. So that's something that we have to get to. Wow. And, and but. Well, okay, yeah. No, 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 that, that, I, just, that I was just, you know, my, I was just, you know. Go ahead. Let's just yeah. go in there. But do you have, when you guys go into that that training portion, do you have a perceived fear or, you know, like? You know, I, I think a lot of times, a lot of these things, to me, it's not even race, racial. It's prejudice. Right. So I think a lot of times when you have been conditioned to have these different prejudices about a certain population, certain groups, yeah, you're going in like, yo, I know this group here. I know, mm -hmm. oh, uh, um, this gentleman here, you know, I'm just talking about who's in Iraq. Everybody here got a bomb, mm -hmm. you know. So it's already you got this prejudice already programmed into your mind that you have to really learn how to uh, unlearn mm -hmm. what you learn, you know, while still trying to keep yourself safe to get home. Right. You know, so we have to address that the the, the prejudice and the biases that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of times we bring it back to race because it does happen in our community. Mm -hmm. um, but I wholeheartedly believe with a lot of white folks. Well, we're not racist. I believe they're not racist. Mm -hmm. But it may be a prejudice mm -hmm. and, a, and a bias that mm -hmm. that's somewhere. Uh, underline that we need to address mm -hmm. and I can say that was something that a lot of Marines had to go through right yeah which is why I brought it up because I'm like you know most people will say that well you know there's that perceived you know prejudice or whatever it is there before those cops get there but like you say y'all you still have the same thing in Iraq you know what I mean we 
you probably already got in your mind, okay, we're going over here directly, for credit, they're going to try to keep, you know what I mean, I'm saying? But you have to be conditioned that you can't just react off of that. Yeah. So. Wow. And, and that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, there is those officers who haven't been in that environment before, and they're acting off of those animal instincts. And some people are saying, go ahead and put officers who are knowledgeable in those environments. In that, in that environment. Uh, and, and it kind of, because. The, the, only, the only thing I got to say on that, and we have to be realistic, and I don't know about y'all. Now, I know I have a few close friends, and I have a brother, and I have a few close friends that are police officers. But how many mm-hmm. individuals from our communities that's become police officers? They, and that's, that's a real question I have. Like, anyone, yes. I know like we have a statistic on yeah. so that. So that's what we got to encourage that. Yeah. I I was just uh, you know I I've been uh, you know I I've I've been keeping my eyes open for solutions to this and one of the common solutions that comes up is uh, community per policing and hiring people actually from the community and I can tell you that you know um, I had got a traffic stop and a gentleman I went to college with you know he was the officer. And so the interaction was different, you know. Uh, one time I was in, I was uh, in front of my mom's house, and I was uh, getting some stuff out of my car. It was it was dark out, so I had shot the light of my car, and then all of a sudden, the squad car pulls up, and you know, guy I went to high school with gets out, you know, and uh, I'm like, hey man, what's going on with you? Long time no see. He was like, that much. He was like, hey, uh, I got a call that. You know, of some suspicious activity, a guy shot in a light of the car. And I was like, "Well, it's my car." He said, "I know this your car," and then he went on about his business. Yeah. He didn't see my idea and everything, you know. And so that's, what, that's why we need definitely more. Yes, that come from our community that know the community to probably be policing within the community. Yes, but we definitely have to assist with the recruitment. Uh, I, I, I think you, you also want more um, more blacks in uh, leadership, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So if you want to look at some things like you know, we have a number of blacks who are on a with the deputy sheriff's mm-hmm. office, with police stations, and they're doing great. But you look at something like uh, the SWAT team in Orange County. You can't have any blacks on the SWAT team because they got a requirement that you got to be able to swim. I'm not talking about tread water. I mean swim, swim. You look at you know the um, the black folk can swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some that's not as many as you would hope. But then you look at our at the at the K9 unit, right? The K9 unit. What I've heard hasn't had a black on it in like 30 years or something uh, with Orange County Sheriff's Department. So you look at different things like that, and I venture to say the demographics are the same all around the state, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you, those, look at the K9 unit, the SWAT team, hey, those are the prime people that are in these black communities, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, to your point, you know, you, you want people, but there may be already some bias that's been in these departments that have blocked people from that. Definitely. So when you say, you know, definitely have to start with um, getting leadership, recruitment is going to be the biggest thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to get the, the, the recruiters to assist. Or even if we have to figure out a way, like uh, in my position as a county commissioner, you know, I, I'll probably work working very closely with our sheriff department. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see how what they're going, how they're going about the recruitment. How could we possibly enhance and improve mm-hmm. their recruitment for those in minority, for, for minority communities? A lot of times, I have had individuals that I have a young man that I that I have uh, mentored and I have coached and I have trained him for uh, for a long time. Now he has a few traffic citations, mm-hmm. and this young man wanted to go into the department, but because oh, yeah. of his traffic citation or because of uh, a couple of his tickets, they say no. They say no. 
Oh, so yeah, like these certain things, like and they paid the tickets. Yeah, paid them. They paid them, but it's, but it's a certain amount of years before they fall off. Seven years. You know, so and I'm like, well, these things right here, how can we? I ain't saying work around. But what can? How can we improve this system here? You know, because they quick, they quick to tell you. Because I, I've, I've, I went through that, mm -hmm. and to a point where it was like, well, you had a speeding ticket back in 2007, and this was when I was in the academy and. 2011 mm. you know they pulled everybody driving record you know license got suspended because i didn't pay the ticket because i'd be like man screw that man you entrapped me basically your finances but then next thing you know paid it whatever still on there and next thing you know it's like well you got a clean criminal record but your driving record <laughs> it's, it's right. bad and so therefore uh i mean you're going to be operating 95 percent of the time in a patrol car we can't have any patrol car and you, so it. You know what, how that, I feel, though, and it's just my opinion based off things that I've seen while learning about this ugly topic known as systemic oppression. I think all of these things are vices that are created to systemically oppress people and deprive them of opportunity. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I could be wrong, and I'll accept it if I am. You know? And then also we gotta look at how many policies may be out 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 of date. Mm -hmm. You know, that's true. A lot of these things may, you know, a lot of these things are in black and white. And just like when they, so, how they got written in black and white, they can be edited or amended if you want to utilize uh, proper mm -hmm. term terminology. Maybe we have to look at okay, maybe instead of a sentence, I got wait five years. Hey, have you had a good year of driving records? You know, mm -hmm. what type of traffic citation was it? You know, are these type of things should play a, a part. You know, I have someone who had their license suspended because. This one toll road right here, Pine Hills. Mm -hmm. That one in Pine Hills, if you run that one, unlike majority of toll roads, you know, it, it goes, you, you can't renew your registration. That one right there suspends your license. Wow. Which one? Right on Pine Hills. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's changed in the last couple years. So wait a minute. Hold on. So, so hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So if I understand you correctly, all right, we know what the demographics of Pine Hills is. Mm -hmm, we do. So if I'm coming down the 408, mm -hmm. I can run all the tolls. And I just, I, I'll get, on my birthday, I'll be able to just pay it and right. renew my so registration. Yeah. But the one that goes into the black community on Pine Hills Road, a suspend my driver's license. Suspend your license, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's now, if that ain't peculiar, I don't know what is. <laughs> now, so that's something that needs to be addressed. It if that not, ain't if systemic oppression, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it smells like systemic oppression to me, you know. But no, so you know, get back to that original point. So we have to look at some of these policies and, and see what can be amended, and, and look at. Um, so I had a, a conversation with a gentleman. He's like, "Well, you know, it's a lot of young people from from the communities that you grew up in that get in trouble." And I asked the I asked the gentleman the question. I said, "Hey, have you ever went to a boys and girls club uh, like Faces Banquet?" And you hear all the stories about how these kids may encounter and interact with some, uh, may, may have some challenges throughout their life. Mm -hmm. But you know, you all feeling good. You write a check. You feel good. Like, oh, I just donated. Right, just because you wrote that check, it does not mean that some of these kids that we are talking about may not encounter some of those uh, obstacles. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, as they encounter those obstacles as young adults, or young as children, as young adults, now they're trying to adjust and, and and get their life together. Now you're holding over their head, you know. So you know, at the end of the day, don't pat yourself on the back when you go to a banquet and, and cut a check and thinking that I did a great thing, and forgetting that mm. these are real lives mm -hmm. that got to go back into these communities. Right. Wow, that's a very great point. And, and before before we go, uh, yeah, my bad. No, and, and before, 
And before we go to break, um, I think, you know, Morgan, you had one of our oh, yeah, listeners we had that a listener chimed in and, and wanted to um, chime in before we go to break. Basically said the true issue lies with the Supreme Court and their rulings for cop immunity. If mm. you can kill a human being and the only thing you have to do is prove to the court system is that you fear for your life, then you'll have no reservations about taking one. And, and you know what? And they are so spot on because the way the law is written from the Supreme Court, they said threats rather real or perceived. Yeah. And that just, you know, that leaves it up to the individual's imagination. And as the great D.L. Hughley once said, the most dangerous place for a black person to live is in a black, excuse me, is in a white person's imagination. Because then they can say, I thought he had a weapon. Yeah. That's I thought, you know. And, and because you're black, hey, there's nothing wrong with that thought. Yeah. You, are, you are justified in that thought. Wow. And we're going to, we're going to take a quick break when we get back we got this video that we want to show you um, about this most recent thing that's happening with Jacob Blake and the 17 year old who's being justified for doing as a good patriot deed as 45 has already come out and said mm. so we're going to have that video clip when we get back and following that man we, we're going to we're going to dive right into it and, and find out what a county commissioner does what's his role what's his purpose and what's the next steps going into November. So go ahead and grab your glass of wine, your cognac, whatever's making them feel right, and keep it locked. <laughs> the best is yet to come. Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Man, oh man. Man, we are, we are, we got a packed house tonight. Yes. Um, we have County Commissioner Seminole County. I'm going to claim it. Speaking to exist. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. But I still need y'all to go vote November 3rd. Absolutely. Make it true that's now. What, that's what we're going to do. Definitely. Push. With Bush. Yes, sir. And that's what we're going to do. We got Russell Drake in the building with us. No stranger to the show. No stranger. One love to y'all. Support black media. Black media rocks. And we love it. We yes. love it. Now, we've been hearing in the news now um, about a lot of these police shootings, mainly now with black men running away. Mm -hmm. You know, getting away from supposedly I'm in fear of my life. So if a person running away from you, how are you still afraid of him? He's running away from you. Cause you see what I'm saying. So I'm afraid. He I'm gonna need you away. to stop. About to say a comment and stop. I need you to go ahead and finish your thought process. And, 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 sometimes I just fly out. And so and so ABC actually put together a timeline, which I think is phenomenal because it erases the narrative that the ones that want to justify the shooting, mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, he was being viciously." or violently attacked, which is why he shot in self-defense. Uh, sir, go ahead and play the video. This is courtesy of ABC. We appreciate you. Rittenhouse filed on August 27th. 
we put together a detailed timeline of the shootings that happened in downtown Kenosha on August 25th, two days after Jacob Lake was shot by the police. This report contains graphic, disturbing images. Wow. Um, before we get to the commissioner, before we get to the commissioner, um, Russell, your thoughts? Self-defense? I know. That's such bullshit. I don't, you know, I don't even curse like that. Oh boy, but that is, that is such bullshit. Um, no, it's not self-defense. Um, I mean, what what it really is is that he felt like coming up there, you know, exercising his white privilege. Get picking on anybody that he could with his, uh, you know, assault weapon, and knew he could get away with it. It's, it's the, you know, that's the tragedy of the matter. And after you, it's like you start something, and then after you start something, you know, mess around, get knocked down, then try to pick off a couple of people, then you play the victim. It's, I always say it ain't self-defense when you the aggressor. It's not. It's like you you brought yourself across a whole state line. When you brought yourself there, everything that happened is your responsibility. And then, mind you, you armed. You you strap strapped, not with a pistol. You know, you walking around boldly. Yeah, you scrap scrap. And what's the police doing? Just come right on in. I think what they didn't show is what the police chief later said is that mm -hmm. he was he was here to mm -hmm. you know, he was here to assist. That's what the police chief said. Yeah. You know, which made me further raise my eyebrow in a lot of people. Yeah. Like, really? You know? Yeah. And just to take it a step further, the police chief continues to go on in that press conference and, and say, and I quote, we had a curfew in place. Yeah. Mm. If y'all, if they were not out there, then this would not have happened. Well, you can make the same argument that if these vigilantes weren't out there, this would have not happened. <laughs> that's like. Because his ass was out past the curfew. What makes him yeah. so special that, he, it, it, that it's it, okay it, for him to be out there? You know exactly. what I'm saying? You and, know? And, and it's like, it's, that's telling. Blaming the victim in this situation is no different when they blame a rape victim when they say, well, if you were not flirting and wearing tight clothes, maybe you wouldn't have gotten raped. So it's kind of like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, time out. So you're saying that the people that was violating the curfew, if y'all would just stay in the house, it's their fault they got shot? Come on now. Whew, man, cause we, we can keep going on and on here, man, because... This yeah, thing does, it, 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 boils, it boils my, it, 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 because I don't want anything for them to say, oh, well, it looked like you kind of swerved into the next lane slightly. Or it looked like you brake too fast. Just something to stop you. And now you know you ain't do nothing. And now you're going to start talking back. And now they, <sighs> Commissioner, welcome to the show <laughs> again. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Congrats on, congrats on the win um, a couple weeks ago. And uh, how, how does it feel to, to be able to move on? Oh, man, listen, uh, once again, I'm going to keep staying. I'm a United States Marine, so the mission not over. So, yes, you know, exactly. ultimately, you know, I, exactly. I, I acknowledge we had a checkpoint. We had, we had a healthy checkpoint. So we want the primary, but we need everyone out again November 3rd to vote again. Mm -hmm. So the mission isn't complete yet. 
So who, who are you running against in November? Oh, man, you know, I, I, I did not speak their names. Uh, however, if you want to find out who I'm running against, you can definitely go to Seminole County uh, uh, Supervisor Election page and look at the candidates you see who my opponents are. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so we, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier um, yeah. in the show um, about as a county commissioner, um, what some of the things that you'll go around doing. So tell the, the, the listeners, yeah. I believe that camera in the front, right, 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 right there, right in the definitely, front. Yep. Definitely. Um, you know, what's the role of a county commissioner and uh, what area does District 5 cover? So uh, let's co let's start with what area does District 5 cover. So District 5 covers in Seminole County. It covers Heathrow, Lake Mary, Sanford, all the way out to Midway. Uh, so it's a pretty good sized district. But one thing I want to make sure I want to stress right now that although I'm running for a Seminole County Commission District 5, we are an at-large county. And what that means is that no matter what district you live in, so you can live in one, two, three, four, even though I'm not running there, and five, you all can vote for me. Uh, so that's one thing I want to make sure is very loud and clear. Because um, that's something that, when it comes to at-large voting, it has not worked uh, for the benefit of those who come from distressed or low-income communities. Because a lot of times that voter knowledge isn't out there. Um, so, the, so, so District 5 covers are Heathrow, Lake Mary, Sanford, Midway. And what's the job of county commission, man? Let, let's just break it down. Uh, first and foremost, the county commission is a legislative officer and a fiscal representative. Uh, so, you know, we are the ones that come together and, and vote on ordinances and policies that's going to affect the count, county. And, you know, to me, we have uh, uh, four roles. We set policies that are cost-effective uh, cost and efficient in, in, in delivery. Uh, we uh, communicate with the public to ensure whatever direction we're taking the county in, that the citizens have a say in it, and that they're, that, and that they're happy with the direction we're taking in. Uh, we uh, provide information about the services and, and um, uh, the services that we provide in the county. And last, we participate in programs and organizations. Uh, so with that being said, you know, and the reason we need to participate in part programs and organizations is to ensure that, you know, we are hearing from all parts of the community uh, 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 that, we're, that we're representing and make sure the county is going in a direction that's going to be healthy for all. So are any of these uh, policies um, considered to be lawful policies to where it's like they can enforce them to where, you know, if you don't follow these policies, we can jail you? Because you know what's happening now is cities and counties are mandating you wear masks but you got these folk <laughs> that says, I know my rights. I'm not finna wear that mask, and it's not against the law, but we uh, mandate nah. it. So, no, nah, not in a way to, um, not all the policies can be something that we create that could be, um, get someone in jail, jail them. Um, it may be, like, fines or something of that nature. Uh, say, if a business, if you say, hey, we, it's a mask mandate and a business doesn't, doesn't enforce that, most likely, like, a fine or something along those lines. Um, so, those type things. Um, so the policies uh, isn't something that uh, will have our constituents get arrested if they don't follow through. So can any of these policies hold law enforcement accountable for the actions within the community? So, you know, that's one th good thing about being a county commission, and that's why we need uh, uh, representatives from underserved, uh, underrepresented populations there. One of the things that I say that we can do is definitely work with our constitutional officers, which is our sheriff. Our sheriff is considered a constitutional officer. Okay. So I'll be able to communicate and work with our sheriff and see what's going on uh, within their departments, and then also to communicate with all the police chiefs within our uh, within the cities that I that my district covered. Um, so we want to ensure that we have those lines of communication, so we can understand, hey, what's going on? What's the training that's taking place here? How are we recruiting uh, your, your officers here? You know, to so, uh, and that's one thing that I'm I'm very excited about uh, once I do win in November, 
you know, I, I feel as if I have the capabilities from my background and training as, as a uh, as a Marine and as a social worker and as a mental health therapist to have the ability to uh, start to really have real healthy, effective conversation between law enforcement and our communities. Right. Um, it's different between having conversation than those that don't go anywhere, you know, talking mm-hmm. in circles. And that's something that, that has to stop. Right. Uh, so I feel as if I have the capabilities and, and the wherewithal and the knowledge base to do that. So, so as, a, as a black man, how hard is it being in politics, especially the position that you're uh, running for? Um, uh, so I say, as a black man, how hard is it to be in the politics? You know, it's it, it's almost like it's. I guess at a county, at a local level, especially Seminole County, it, it's like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. You don't see that happening much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's almost like, oh wow, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, um, you, you know, we, we don't experience some challenges. People taking down our signs and things of that nature. Um, when I first decided to run, those that that tried to pull up my arrest record, um, oh, yeah. you know, and try to, oh well, he was arrested when he was younger. Okay. I did, but you know, look at everything I have accomplished since then. Right. Um, so, you know. You said when you were younger. Yeah. Like, like twenty years younger. Nah, I ain't gonna say no twenty years. What's how old you think I am, Miss Candy? I don't know a ball, but no. All right, all right, Luz. I see what you're doing right now. <laughs> what no. I'm doing is like I'm trying. I'm just trying to get people to see how ridiculous, you know, people are. Yep. You know, to where they want to hold you. Because the thing about it, does, does that make you not qualified now? No, it no. doesn't. But you know what? No, it, it doesn't. You know, I, but I, they, they try to say it's a reflection of your character. But once again, then that also shows the hypocrisy of America. Yeah, I was just, you know, I, was, I mean, like. So if, that, if that's, if that's going to say, you saying, well, I don't have a, oh, my bad, Luce, go ahead, finish no, your statement, no, man. Gonna, I've, I've, I've had a point of view about doing things like that. To me, that's, yeah, what's illegal What's unconstitutional in our country is double jeopardy. Mm. But society double jeopardy, you know, double jeopardizes you all the time mm. every day. Mm-hmm. With your criminal record, well, you'd already done, you know, committed a crime, which we've all committed a crime at some point, whether we've gotten caught for it, whether it be petty or you know, or extreme. Right? Yeah. So you've committed a crime. You've uh, served the time. You've uh, done probation. You. You fulfill your sins, you pay whatever fines you need to pay, whether it be a traffic ticket or whatever the cause may be. Mm-hmm. And somebody wants to come along and say, you know what, since you were speeding over 15 miles an hour, that's a crime. But right? even those, even those, uh, and even those that you may have been acquitted for, but you know, you, uh, as soon as you, what you do is, as soon as you get arrested, you go get, get a mugshot, right? Yeah. And that mugshot is in record. So no matter what the outcome of the court might say, Absolutely. people are like, well, you got a mugshot. They went up. And, and you know, so what's that's up this? what's up with the shot right here. Yeah, what's up with that? And, yeah, and, so and, and people don't realize what you what you're arrested for and what you're convicted of. Are two, two different things. things. Exactly, and and, that, and you don't have to be guilty to be arrested. And that's the sad. <laughs> and that's the sad part about it because the the narrative that's being painted now is that some of these cops know that they file. They're just going to do anything to put you into the system. And the moment the state attorney get it, it's like, well, first of all, you already, you already got the central booking. You already got that mugshot, click, whatever. State attorney get it. You did what now? You, you resting for what now? Man, let this man here go and, 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 and again, the cop, nothing happened to the cop. Yeah. But guess what? Mission accomplished because I got you on, I got you on record now. You got Definitely. a mugshot now. So whatever you do in life. Better be careful because they gonna pull it. Out. What's that? What's that? What What are some of the things that you would like to do 
So, you know, man, I, I'm running on what we call the truth platform, man. Uh, so, um, and the truth yeah. is an acronym, T-R-U-T-H. Um, so, transparency. So, the first T is transparency of the Board of County Commission. Uh, I, I have a strong uh, belief that currently our, board, our current board does not uh, give our citizens adequate enough time about what's going on. Uh, information and then also the time that they currently have their board meeting uh, the average citizen cannot attend mm. um, I don't mm. know how many people can go to a board meeting at 10, uh, 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning uh, the average citizen I know majority are working, are working. Um, so the R is for rural quality of life so in Seminole County man we're considered a natural choice uh, so the natural choice we want to ensure that we protect our rural boundaries uh, from overdevelopment you know we're already third the third most densely uh, populated uh, county in the state of Florida in Seminole County. Uh, so that rural boundary, those who move to Seminole County and move to the rural area, they want it to slow down. Uh, so that's one thing that we're trying to ensure that we don't uh, allow overdevelopment there. So, you know, for me, it's talking about how can we get to a place where we have to have a unanimous decision before any type of development take place out there. Uh, the U is for uniform enhancement. So when I say uniform enhancement, I'm talking about for our teachers, our public works, our first responders, um, to ensure that they have the resources that they need to, to deliver services to the constituents of our county. Uh, then also to ensure that they are also being compensated to where they're not getting take by our neighbor counties, uh, you know, because they're not getting paid enough or the health benefits aren't enough. So how can we ensure that we are providing these uh, individuals who are providing some of the most valuable services to our community, the resources that they need and the, and the quality of life that they deserve to stay within Seminole County? Uh, the second T is transformation of small businesses. Um, like many of y'all know, man, small businesses are back, backbone of many communities. Now, if you, if you think about it, a lot of times you need things for your, for, for your kids, probably like a sponsorship. Uh, uh, anything like that, you go into small businesses majority of the time. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, so they can the barely day, afford to do it, but they do it. They do it, right? So we want to ensure that not only that a, a small business can uh, start it, but they can cultivate and grow in in Seminole County. So providing them with the resources that they also deserve, and also making sure that we're removing ordinances that may block them from growing the way that they want to grow. And the H is housing affordability. There are many people within Seminole County that that can work there, that can play there, but they can't live there. Mm because they can't afford it. So we have to increase or enhance the, uh, uh, the, the avenue to attain that, that uh, housing, adequate housing. So that's the truth. Not just an apartment, but housing ownership. Housing ownership, yes, sir. Um, so Affordable that, housing ownership is what people need. People need to be able to get off the rent rat wheel. Tell one yeah. black people have nice mm -hmm. things. So that's definitely something that we have to continue is, uh, that's why we need a person with a, uh, for me, man, my background as a, as a social worker, that's my educational background. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that we do is advocate. Yes. You know, so we need people that's going to speak up. It's going to need people that's going to get out there and speak to the citizens to ensure that the citizens have the information and, 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 and education that they need to know what's available for them. So how can you get out of those apartments, Luce Cannon? What are the steps you could possibly take? Sometimes people don't have that information. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody assumes that you just that have that. Knowledge. Right. Don't know. So maybe we have to enhance programs that teach people how to get into a, a position themselves to go into home ownership. That's, like that's like you being a hamster on a wheel when you're talking about being in an apartment, being stuck. Like, it costs a lot of money to move. Mm -hmm. And if you barely making rent and bills and everything else, of course you don't have first-month rent deposit. Admission, you don't have all that shit. You know what I mean? So you don't so, have that money. So, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just to kind of, uh, just kind of champion what you what you were saying, uh, Pernell drives a great point that, you know, a lot of times that's a culture. You mm -hmm. know, mama always renting, 
So now, yeah. and, and her whole section ain't all that. When you turn eighteen, you go out and get a job, and you get your apartment. Mm-hmm. You know? And a lot of times, and that's all you see. That's what you. That's what you shoot for. That's Absolutely. what you try to get. So too. it'd be great to have you know something in the community to teach people about the value of homeownership and what it takes to become a homeowner. And Definitely. let them know that they can attain that too. You yeah. can have that too. But once again, it's providing information and knowledge, and, and give at least uh, the access, uh, uh, attempt to allow you to access. You know, uh, you know, my day job, I'm a mental health therapist. So I, you know, I often talk about you know survival brain versus thriving brain. Mm. You know, when you're always in survival mode, it's hard for you to think about how to plan out those one, five, ten years out, because mm-hmm. all you're trying to do is survive. You know, so to really get to that thriving brain, that it does take a, a, an addition assistance so if you have to grab the citizens by the hand and show them we have to do be willing to do that to help walk getting them started in that process so that's that's a little that's about my platform what i'm running on man wow the truth platform that's wow that's awesome absolutely i've endorsed burnell bush from the start yeah Yeah. from the very start i've endorsed uh, by thought word deed and donation listen man because Mm -hmm. none of this stuff is free and i encourage everybody else to make a donation, even yes. if it's $10 How a can week. they make that donation? Uh, man, if you want to make, like, make a donation to the campaign, you can go to pushwithbush.org. Push hit, push. hit the don- donate button and make a donation right then and there. And as Russell stated, man, this um, my, one of my opponents has already, already raised $130,000. You know, now, from the budget I created, to me, $130,000 is a little excessive. You know, uh, but because I, I could, the budget that we create, I think we could run a very healthy campaign off of off of forty thousand. What I what I'm trying to raise right now, we're at twenty twenty four thousand. Okay. Um, but if we get to forty thousand, we can make sure that this campaign is healthy. We reach the audience that we need to reach to ensure that we can bring home a victory on November third. Um, but to get back to the point, you can make a donation today at pushwithbush.org. Oh, and that's believe the TJ Chapman show going 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 to endorse that one too. Yeah. We done did everybody else. I just want to point out. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen a couple videos of Dr. Claude Anderson, and you know, he talked about power dollars or whatnot. A yeah. lot of us want to see change. We know that change starts with the local community. Yeah. So when you find a great brother from the community, like uh, Pernell Bush, that wants to implement the changes that we all want to see, you know, not only do you vote for him, but I've, I've learned you know, how powerful it is, and what you really need to do is. Not only do you need to vote for the guy that you're voting for, but you need to donate to him so that they can reach and do everything that they need to do. So yes, yes you know, absolutely. And on top of that, after he gets in office, he needs more support than ever. Yes. Because oftentimes we help you get to the finish line, and then I mean, to that initial finish line, we get you to the door and we leave you. It's about sustaining, maintaining, and gaining mm-hmm. for more in the community. So that takes all of us. So Sustain, maintain, and gain. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, and, that's the real truth. And like each and every week, we get we get so wrapped up and and, and so educated and, and so involved, the show's almost about the end. Yes. Yeah, so, gotcha. Oh, man. yeah. No, no, uh, we good. No, no, it was, no, it was no, great. Appreciate man. it. Yeah. They, they, and, and, that, and, that, and that's the purpose of this platform yeah. is to get those who don't know much about you. Definitely. You know, Definitely. And you know, my platform is not as huge yet. But it's resonating within the local community where it starts at. We all got to start. And, we got to start and, somewhere, and, right? We got to get the, it going, and, right? And then this local election, that's where it begins at. Yeah. You know, so I'm, and that, I'm and, that, and that's that's the education that we got to get to people understand how important our local elections are. Yes. You know, um, I had someone say, "Well, the schools need to teach that." You know, what school? We, we can't continue to wait on the schools to teach that. Right. Yeah. We have to take that yes. empowerment within our own communities to yes. start to educate our young folks and. and